Blog Talk Radio. We're joined by a string of past guests. First, let's start with director of LA Queer History, Gregorio Davila. LA Queer History seeks to shed light on part of the American history and historical figures who are largely unacknowledged and in turn create a newfound dialogue about not only LGBT history, but how our gay and lesbian brothers and sisters affected the world we live in today. Before we start with our first guest, we're going to listen to a song performed by a guest who will be on later on, Magali La Voz de Oro. Llevará 
LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. You are just listening to Sabor a Mi by La Voz de Oro. On today's episode, we're joined by a string of past guests who are here to share with us their latest work. Let's start by introducing you to director of LA Queer History. LA Queer History seeks to shed light on a part of American history and historical figures who are largely largely unacknowledged and in turn create a newfound dialogue about not only LGBT history, but how our gay and lesbian brothers and sisters affected the world we live in today. Help me welcome Gregorio. Hi, Gregorio. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me well? Yes, I can. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we last connected. Um, we were we were a part of your big event last year, and it was exciting to see, you know, your your film develop, and it's becoming, you know, uh, something that many people are talking about. And I see that, you know, you have a lot of, you know, high profile people helping you these days. So, can you share with us a little bit about? What's been going on with Alia Queer History? Well, uh, a lot has happened. Um, we've actually got a lot, quite a few actors signed up to do voiceover work, which is exciting. We've got people like Dred DeMatteo, who was in The Sopranos, and now she's in a, a show. Uh, Shades of Blue with with J Lo. Um, we've got some people from, actually from Sons of Anarchy, which she was also in. Mark Boone, Jr. did some voiceover. I am going to be going to New York in May to shoot some very last minute interviews for the film, and I'm also planning on shooting a a recording of voiceover with Steve Buscemi. Uh, Rosario Dawson donated her time and her voice, so that's been really exciting. I saw that Rosario Dawson got, uh, you know, she. I saw photos of one of the fundraisers you had in downtown LA. Um, so, how did you get these folks interested? What What did you have to do to sell this? Well, I didn't really sell it. Um, I kind of, I guess, it sort of sold itself, thankfully. That, but the connections, we just got them through our our connections mainly through um, a couple of our producers who had uh, relationships relationships with them. For instance, one of our producers is actually Rosario Dawson's uncle. So that's how that came about. Oh, my God, what a small world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so – you know- um, but- I also wanted to speak about Nancy from – Eastside Clover, we we've updated our website in the last you know few days, and we uploaded her 
short documentary onto our website, which is lgbthearawards.com. We've also included your information. Um, but it, it's also been it's, – it's a short film. It's about a butch Chicana lesbian from East L.A. who tells her story of police harassment um, at the age of 17. And we're talking about, you know, the late 1940s, early 50s. And one of the things that the film talks about is masquerading. Can you share with us a little bit about what masquerading was? Well, the masquerading law was a law that came about in the late 1800s. I believe it was 1898. And it came about, well, there that was an amendment, I believe. The 1898 was an amendment. But it came about originally before that because to keep people from, you know, L.A. was the Wild West back then. And it, it came about because they didn't, to keep people from robbing stores and banks. You know, they would wear they would wear masquerades, you know, uh, fake mustaches and bandanas and wigs or whatever. And so the original masquerading law came about because of that. But then they amended it in the late 1890s because they had a huge event in L.A. that was like Mardi Gras, and it was called La Fiesta de Los Angeles. And um, the last night of the week-long festival, they had a big party out in the streets. Um, and, you know, people would wear costumes and men would dress as women and women would dress as men. And it was like a big sex, you know, driven party orgy, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. And the, of course, the religious right were completely scandalized by it, as they are by everything fun. So they got with the city council, and long story short, they amended it to specifically target people wearing costume that um, was typically associated with the opposite sex. Mm. And so that was their, their sneaky way of, of ending that big party and people being having fun. But in the late, in the early 2000s, I'm sorry, in the early 20th century, the LAPD sort of uncovered it and used it basically as a tool, as a roundabout way to legally target um, people who were cross-dressers and, unfortunately, Nancy Valverde, who was a butch lesbian, who mm-hmm. wore men's clothing. So... Under that law, they targeted her and harassed her repeatedly, along with many, many other people. So, so people who were uh, sort of seen as gender nonconforming members of society uh, were targeted with this masquerading law, and uh, and so they found themselves being put in jail because they they found validation through the law. And it sounds like Nancy. Uh, well, it doesn't sound. I, I, I saw the. I, I won't lie. I saw the documentary, and it's really good. I mean, not good in the sense that good that this happened to to somebody, but really good in terms of uh, putting out information that we just don't have access to. It's not readily available to us, and to hear uh, Nancy share her story uh, growing up in East LA, uh, speaking about you know uh, just. Uh, her even career uh, choice um, in, in uh, you know 
um, I don't know if I'm revealing too much, but and going to barber school and uh, barbershop school, and just like the things that happen in between East LA and and school. I mean, just because she wasn't presenting herself as feminine, um, so to hear somebody say her story with so much. Um, you know, just a lot of memory in it. You could tell that it was a, a painful, painful experience. So uh, thank you for putting that out there. Um, what's going on with with the documentaries today? Where can we find them? Well, are they are they going to be shown somewhere? Well, the, the Nancy from Your Side Clover documentary has pretty much run its course in festivals. Um, it did that throughout 2015. We were in... I think 10 festivals with that short film, 10 or 11, and it won five awards. Uh, So that was pretty amazing. And so that one's pretty much run its course. And as you said, it's available online. Um, And I guess people can go view it at a link on your website, you said. Um, It's also attached to this episode description. Uh, What I did is I included um, LA Accor History uh, dot com, and so you know, um, I, I know that through that website, there, there's many ways of seeing your work. Um, I know we're we're gonna wrap up very soon, but I wanted to make sure I gave you the the opportunity to kind of just give us a little update about what to expect in the in the next coming year in 2016. What what do we see Gregorio doing uh, this year? Well, we're um, as I, I've been working on this long feature, LA Queer History. It's a feature-length documentary about the gay history of Los Angeles, and I've been working on that for four years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, as always, we're having uh, financial problems, issues, challenges because it takes a lot of money to make a film. So the film is almost done. I'm going, like I said, I'm going to New York to shoot a couple of last-minute interviews. Um, one is actually with Larry Kramer, which I'm really excited about. And also, um, I've been editing the movie. I have a rough cut done, but we just need some last-minute finances to, so I can hire another editor to help me. Uh, animation, music, I've got a great composer that's coming that came on board. Um, a lot of color correction, sound mixing, I mean, all of that stuff needs to be done. So we're trying. We're looking at ways to raise the last-minute fundraising. We've only spent fifty thousand dollars on the film, which is nothing. And um, so we just need that last bit, and we're hoping to get it done by September, which is the deadline to submit to Sundance for 2017. Because we would Ooh. love to, we would love to premiere the film at Sundance in January 2017, which would be a big dream for all of us. So Absolutely. if anyone is out there, if anyone's out there and you have people that you think might be interested in donating to the film or even investing in the film, contact me through our website. There's an email on there, or there's also on the website. Um, if you want to just go and donate some money, anything helps. We need Absolutely. some hard drives. We need hard drives to back up the files that I have. One of them died last week and. So I lost some of the work that I had. So it's just, we just need money for like everything. I mean, I need to make sure it's all backed up. So um, 
and hopefully we'll have we'll have a finished product by the end of the year. Well, I can't wait to hear more about where you are uh, leading up to September. And, you know, you're always welcome to, to come back on our show. Thank you so much for your time, Gregorio. Uh, what we'll do is to make sure to include the donation page on our website as well so that there's, um, a, you know, a visibility of, of the pages, you know, uh, on our website. Thank you so much for your time, uh, and I look forward to catching up again. Enjoy your evening. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Once again, you're listening to Queer Talk. Queer Talk is part of the LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. On today's episode, we're joined by a string of past guests. Next, we're joined by writer and actress Sheree O'Neill. Sheree O'Neill is here to discuss her latest project, Journey This. Journey This takes audiences down a humorous, soul-searching odyssey and raises the question, just who's responsible for your happiness? Help me welcome Sheree O'Neill. Hi. Hi, Sheree. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Oh, such a pleasure. How are you? How's your evening going? Everything's wonderful and, you know, staying creative and productive and positive and just really look forward to what the future holds for all of us doing great things, including you, you know? Thank you. I appreciate that. I I should start Mm -hmm. off by saying thank you so much for inviting my husband, Joel, and myself to your show, which we saw uh, a few weeks back. And I know your show has been extended. It's a great, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, I, I was surprised to see my husband so uh, moved by the show. I mean, I, I, I knew your part of your story and he knew nothing about it. So to have seen it through his eyes, it was uh, very telling about how profound uh, journey this really is for audiences. Um, can you share with us a little bit about your own experience with journey this? Well, you know, Xavier, we had a talk back um, last Sunday, this past Sunday, and it's so interesting that, um, you know, it is my personal story, but the universal theme is people yearning for love and wanting to be responsible for your own happiness and, you know, and just the result of our parents and what kind of things we grow up with and you know, but ultimately everything's in our own hands. So at some point we have to take the horse by the rain, by the reins and and steer it ourselves. So I think that's probably what your husband resonated with because that's a universal thing. And so, yeah, I I just um, I'm just I just feel really honored to have this opportunity to kind of share my thoughts about um, about that. Um, but what I find has just been really, um, really impactful is that this whole thing that we were talking about, um, so I'll just get back to what we were talking about in terms of blood memory. And what I mean by that is, you know, what our mother carries on in the womb that's passed on through generations. And that's really what I'm also speaking to in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think that you see the thread of that um, and and played out 
it's you know you, you have what you do is you you have a multiple way of telling that part of the story, which include dance and you include costume and you include music and your own um, your own your own vo- vocal talent and it's it's so poetic and it's almost uh, challenging. It was ch- a bit challenging for me to sit there and I was like eating like right out of your hand, but it was about something and moments about something that was painful, but I was mm-hmm. eating it so, you know, with so much flavor because the, your delivery is just poetic and there's something very sensual about the whole tone. Um, is, is that, was there, um, was that a, 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 a conscious choice to add the sensualness or is that sort of how it developed on its own? Well, the sensuality, I mean, that's part of who I am. So if I'm giving you a, a bird's view of who I am, I'm, then, then that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, that was very intentional to show you the many layers that I am and what brought me to where I am in this, mo- in this moment that you're seeing me and that you meet me. Because, you know, the play starts in present and then we go backwards and we just start reviewing the characters um you know, um, life. Everybody has a past and everybody has a story. Um, the people that we meet now, it's not that's not the person who they were even five minutes ago. I mean, everybody has a past and we bring it or we don't bring it with us. Right. And I knew that journey, this was only going to be a, a, a short uh, showing, but it's been extended. Um, can you share with us how does that happen? How did how well, did you know, we had the, our first five shows were sold out, so that's um, just beneficial for everybody involved, including the theater. Uh, and so, because people had missed the show or um, couldn't get a ticket, came to the theater, couldn't get in, um, we just said, "Well, you know, let's keep this going." So. It is yeah. extended until um, May 15th, and usually the shows are Sundays and Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Tuesdays at 8 p.m., and the great thing is that in this go-round, there are going to be three special talkbacks where you'll have an opportunity to ask me um, some questions about the piece and um, find out a little bit more about how this project came about. You know, just just to make sure that our audience knows, we have your website um, uh, linked onto this episode description, which is com. But we also have it on our website, which is LGBTHeroAwards.com. So if, if there's any struggle, there, there's several options uh, to uh, select from. Um, what I wanted to also talk about is, what what do you want your audience to leave with? Uh, because I have a feeling that you know you're you're hearing a lot of responses already, and and I'm and I'm dying to know what is your personal goal uh, with Journey This? Um, to be fearless in telling your truth, and and know that forgiveness is not for the other person, but more so for yourself. Um, mm. But that's an interesting question because. Sometimes when I recite my poetry, the wonderful thing about this show is that I'm just not doing poetry, which I want to really get across 
interested people is that I'm really like I came out here as an actress. I discovered poetry because I was auditioning for roles that were substanceless and unfulfilling, and that's how I found poetry. So now I'm coming back to my first love and passion, which is acting. So I'm I'm really acting in this play, mm-hmm. and um, the tone of it in some pieces are poetic. But I am playing seven different characters. But um, going back to I don't even know what I was saying before. What was I saying before? Look at that. <laughs> uh, I, I got carried away because I was like I want people to. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else. Yeah, but I think oh, what you just said is really important to to really point out, which is that you are playing seven different characters. This is a one woman show. Um, you you are playing um, at, uh, different stages of of yourself, uh, meaning different ages throughout your life. Uh, you also play, you know, elders and uh, and and uh, it's I played really an eighty year old socialite, a six year old <laughs> from the nineteen fifties. Oh, I play I a love- man. I mean, I mean, I know it's it's based on on family, so it's not just like it's a made up character. But uh, I mean, it's just you 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 want you leave me wanting to get to know more about these characters. To be honest with you, I could see this being a, a series of sorts because each character has so much depth uh, and color, particularly a lot of color. Um, so yes, we talk, I, I mentioned that, you know, there's some, some hard moments, but there's also a lot of zest in the show. Um, you wanted to know what, what people would walk away with it. Right. Right. That, that was the question. Yeah. And so, yeah, I kind of answered that in the sense that, oh, people ask me when I do a poem, tell me, tell me about the poem before I do it. And I never like to tell people about the poem because I want you to be able to interpret it and receive it based on your life experience. I don't want to sit here and tell you what this poem is about because it means nothing anyway. What does it mean to you is the most important thing. And so I never describe a poem before I recite it. I never say, and this poem is because I just do it. And so that's what, yeah, that's what I want. That's where that whole tangent, <laughs> where I went off into a whole other thing. That's where it came from because I don't, I don't explain the poems before I recite them. Mm-hmm. Like if I do, I'll go to an open mic or something like that. So, um, so yeah. So mostly and mainly, I want people to walk away with having some understanding that forgiveness is more for themselves than other people, the other person who they're upset with or angry or hurt by. And that you have a, an important story that has value, and that you're important, and you need to uh, say it. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, what what should we expect from Sheree O'Neill in 2016? What are things hmm. that we should look out for? Well, uh, I know you're, I, you're teaching I, your class still, right? Your writing class. I still teach my creative writing classes, elementary school kids, uh, which will be taken um, abroad. And I would like to take this piece into different colleges and um, women's shelters and do uh, a writing workshop in conjunction with it. Mm-hmm. Um, child, I plan on being married. How about that? Said that on live <laughs> radio. Hello. Hello. Let's put it out there. <laughs> okay. Um, so where is my king? Come on, ding ding. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um and 
and yeah, and just um, and just you know, um, I love for this piece to really just travel. I really want to travel with it. You know, I really do. Uh, so what's this? Was this a, a a work that you started as a healing process for yourself? Because it, it, I'm wondering how much of it was for you. Okay. Yeah. Amazing, wonderful question, because you are right in that sense. Um, writing is um, is very healing, and so I wrote this piece. So um, when I started to recite it and say things out loud, it took us, you know, a story on its own. And yes, you're absolutely right. It is very healing because none of these traumatic things um, are stuck inside of me, and they have they don't have any power over me anymore. And the beautiful things in the piece um, are just also enhanced because. Um, energetically, just when you say things out loud and get it out of your system, um, it raises the bar a little bit. So, yeah, very, very healing, very healing. And I'm having the best time of my life. It's so fun. Well, thank you so much for for inviting me to come see it. Um, Thank you for coming on our show. You know, you're always welcome to uh, come back and share with us what you're doing. We wish you nothing but the best. Um, I, I, you're such a beautiful person, both inside and out. Um, it, it really is uh, just an honor to know you. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us this evening. And um, we wish you nothing but the best. Back to you, honey. And thank you so much. And, um, you know, come back again. And just to let you know, it's two for two. The tickets are a little special happening now, like two for 35 or you come with five oh. or more people, you can get in for 15 bucks, you know, oh, so. cool. and I don't and know that, if anybody happens to call great. right now or something today or the next couple of days, I'd like to offer t- um, a pair of tickets to somebody. So. Oh, fantastic. We'll, we'll make that happen. So a pair of tickets uh, will, will be offered to guests of Core Talk then. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And, and the, the venue is great. You know, the the coffee. They have so many uh, great options there. So thank you for for sharing your time with us. I'm actually going to play uh, so easy. Um, if that works with you. Sure. Do I stay on or? Just, I'm not sure. I'll go ahead and 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 say goodbye here and go ahead and play and then I'm we're, we'll be back with Ophelia and Zoe. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Age 26. Second time we met, and under such circumstances, sadly, it was the same time Mommy left this earth, my space. My space, you entered half-willingly. You, dear absence, dear father, where art thou? You entered again unexpectedly. Why, after so many years, 
After I promised I would spit salty tears and horrid screams in your face. After I promised to cuss you the fuck out and hate you forever for leaving me. After I promised I would never listen to all your bullshit excuses for your absence. Why? After so many years of broken promises and vanishing acts, betrayal and disgust, why was it so easy for me to call you daddy? After all these years of waiting, I forgot all the important questions to ask. After so many years, this yearning for your embrace, your smile, your warmth of your voice, the tickle of your eyes. After 26 years, twice meeting you, a total of a 10-day vacation, why was it so easy for me to call you daddy? Damn, damn that little girl of three. Damn that little girl in me, all the silent prayers I made when I was three. Damn that little girl in me, longing to belong to daddy. Now I see why it was so easy. I had been waiting for you for so long. Used to whispering your name, daddy. The longing to see your face, Daddy. The wishing to know who you really be, Daddy. In one instant, all that anger and hurt gave way to yearning for Daddy. In one instant, fear and neglect disappeared in place of Daddy. In one instant, I have this chance. And right now, in this moment, I'm open. I'm here, I'm open to knowing the truth without hating you for it. So, Daddy, what happens? You're listening to Queer Talk. Queer Talk is part of the LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. On tonight's episode, we're joined by a string of past guests who are here to discuss their latest projects. We were recently speaking with Gregorio Davila, director of LA of Queer History, and Sheree O'Neill, actress and writer of Journey This. You were just listening to... So Easy by Sheree O'Neill. Next, we're joined by Ophelia Barba and Zoe Luna, who are the hosts of the ONZ show here at LGBT Hero Awards Talk Radio and are community activists and advocates for the transgender community. Let's welcome Ophelia and Zoe. Hi, ladies. How are you? Bye. We're good. How about you? <laughs> oh my god, I haven't heard your voices in such a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, we miss we miss uh, having a, a new a, a latest 
Oh, and Z Show, I know you guys are on hiatus for a moment uh, while you while you get some of your um, your your your. What, what, how should I put this? Uh, all your projects in order. I know you have your quinceanera coming up, and, and you have the documentary, and you know your your all the public speaking. It's hard for me to ke- keep up. I'll be honest. <laughs> you guys are busy. <laughs> And those are the only things that you see on top of it. Behind that, there's more. Yeah, it's like keeping up with the with the the O P the O N C the O N C no the because I'm I'm only pointing out the public stuff because you're still mom and you're still daughter and you're still student and you still work and you know all these things that are 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 real, right? This is your your real people, so. Um, you have a real life. What does real life look like for Ophelia and Zoe? Well, for me, it's work, come home, take care of Zoe and whatever else is needed. And kids are basically whatever she needs to do, go here, go there. And and always something, we always have something to do. Our, our days are always full. And, and, you know, just juggling the day-to-day things. And uh, Zoe's in school. Yeah, I'm in school. My school, I just usually, like, every day is, like, school, then homework, then, like, friends, and, yeah, it's just pretty normal, but then there's, like, a lot of, like, times where we got to go do stuff, which is pretty much normal now. I mean, at first, it wasn't really normal. It wasn't like, oh, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go do an interview, and, like, now it's more like, oh, yeah, we got to go, like, do this. Like, it's, it's just way crazier now. But it's you know it's it's really good because we get to do a lot of things that um, a lot of people get to see a lot of the things we do. But there's also a lot of things that we do behind the scenes, which I think are are really fulfilling because those are the things that really navigate in with the people that um, what we have to see about advocacy and and, and uh, changing people's hearts and minds. Right. Can you can you share with me a little bit about that work? Um, what does that mean, changing people's hearts and minds? I think I think that what it really means is just speaking our truth and and just sharing what mostly everybody sees our regular days. You know, um, we're not these uh, fancy famous people. We're just these regular people. I work, I struggle. Zoe goes to school. She does homework. Um, you know, just the regular day-to-day things, but we live in our in what we what I call our truth. Zoe lives in hers, and I live in mine. So mm-hmm. just sharing, sharing that our lives are no different just because Zoe is is transgender or just because she speaks about it. We're just regular people. We we you know have our own struggles, have our own lives, and. And um, just sharing that, I think, will change other people's minds, you know, that there's nothing different about us than anybody else. Everything right. is normal, you know what I mean? You know, I hadn't thought about this until just now as we're talking about this, but, you know, Zoe, um, as you receive, you know, the, the accolades that you have, does that add any pressure to you um, um, in terms of, you know, having to walk a certain line, is there any pressure that, you know, I, you know, as, as it is, it's hard enough to be a, a young person um, without 
you know, being in the public eye, but as someone that, that has, you know, people looking in your direction, does it ever add any more pressure uh, than normal, you think, uh, to have that sort of like you're, you're the role model, you're, you're an example? Uh, what is that like for Zoe Luna? Um, for me, it's been getting a little bit pressuring. Um, I think just so that I look good and, uh, like, and I set an example for kids that are going to come. And I think that it is very pressuring just to, you know, make sure that I'm doing the right things, make sure I'm keeping up with all the current events, making sure that I know what I'm going to say before I do things. I think before it was a little bit more freehand and I can, I kind of had more like um, leeway to just say a lot more things that I just, you know, got on impulse, but now it's definitely a little bit more um, challenging trying to like manage how to say things without sounding, um, you know, kind of like uninformed. And so, yeah, it's, it's way more pressuring and, um, it's not pressuring to the point where I feel like, oh my God, I can't take it, but it's just it's just a little extra added on pressure to make sure I set a good example and that I'm always saying what's best and I'm you know informed about what I'm saying. You know, um, I hadn't thought about it before until we're having this discussion now because I think uh, you know I, I see a lot of uh, activism happening in the community, but I also see sort of uh, critiques of what activism should look like, sound like, uh, you know, on places like Twitter and, and Facebook. And if someone says the wrong thing, it seems like all of a sudden it's like a lot of people jump on that one person. So, you know, I hadn't really thought about this idea that if you happen to say something by accident that just wasn't right, that there that there are some serious consequences to that. Um, and so uh, that I think that that shows the the, the the difference in time between uh, me growing up uh, queer in the in the 90s and somebody uh, you know just having you be themselves because you're doing nothing but just be yourself. So um, yeah, well, I, I know you ha- you're planning a quinceanera. Yes, I am. It's very like stressful. I mean. Because a lot of people practice quinceañeras and plan this since birth, and we barely plan, uh, started planning this like a couple months ago, and I, I didn't even think I was going to go through with it. I wanted to do one ever since I was little, and I really hoped that I could do it, but then I was just like, no, I'll just have like a little kickback with my friends, and I'll just, you know, invite some family friends over, and it'll be fun, but then um, me and my mom were like, no, we have to do this, so that's where we like decided and that was like in like in um uh, a couple months ago and that's really how it started um I really wanted to do it so we were like yeah okay fine I'll do it and um now that we're starting it it's like really difficult (laughs) and I'm just trying to get my friends to get partners I don't even have a partner for myself and it's like really like complicating but I'm sure it'll all turn out great yeah you know, I want to make sure that I communicate that there is um, information about your quinceañera. And if people want to be padrinos and, and madrinas for your quinceañera, they could do so. Uh, we added a link onto this episode, um, and it takes them to your GoFundMe page. 
Because, you know, one of the things about quinceañeras is that they're very expensive, you know, from uh, the dress to, you know, the food and the, and the location. And, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot to take on. And, and part of our tradition in, in Latino culture is to have padrinos and madrinas, which are, you know, like godparents to the to the quinceañera which is a quinceañera is very similar to uh you know a sweet 16 and you know it's sort of that idea right it's a coming of age uh event for a, a young woman it's sort of like and, a rite of passage introduction to society right? It, right it is very simple it is on top of everything that we do and and home life and and just juggling work and everything it is kind of difficult. There's been a couple of times that we've decided, we've kind of sat down and said, well, maybe we shouldn't do it. I mean, it's a lot, you know. Um, But then it goes back to Zoe being able to celebrate and and just, you know, getting to this point, her 15 years of age and and celebrating herself as, as a young woman that she is, you know, that's just affirming more of who she is in her community and um, I think it's important in that sense. And then Zoe, um, you know, one of the other reasons is that she just wants to show that every every young woman can have this, whether, you know, whatever gender identity you, you have, you have that opportunity to do this, you know, and, and be able to, to get to that point. Another thing that she she's really looking forward is, to sharing it with all the other women in the community that might have not had that opportunity to do this. So that's uh, that's one of the reasons. But yeah, it's a really hard hard thing to do, um, and and very super expensive. Um, but you know, we're hoping that it can work out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I I think the the idea of of you know, having something to celebrate Zoe's life is beautiful and I'm fully on board. And if we could do anything else to make sure that we're, we're engaging the community and letting them know that there's a way for them to participate. I think there are a lot of people who already, you know, follow step by step what you're doing and, and probably want to know how can I help or probably don't even know that they can be a part of this. So I'm hoping that uh, with today's discussion, we're able to reach folks who may not have known that there is a fundraiser um, going and it's to help raise money for Zoe's Quinceanera. And uh, tell, can you tell me the dates? Because I'm not seeing them on here. I know that it's um, – here, let me see here. So the, the, we, the, we, we, oh, uh, so we have the, a uh, – go ahead. Did you so say that? <laughs> Sorry, Xavier. <laughs> you go. <laughs> okay, there we go. So on your link, it just shows that um, we're we're you know trying to get a GoFundMe going there for for the quinceanera. We've had some you know we're really fortunate for what we received, and we have a couple of padrinos and madrinas that are, are doing other things on the side to help us. But, yes, we're hoping that we can really get it on the 23rd of July, which is her actual birth date. Um, But we're just waiting on one more thing to confirm the venue where we want to have this so that that's going to determine the date exactly. So it's going to be in July for sure, 
And if everything goes well, it will be on the 23rd, which is a Saturday. Okay. And, Okie um, dokie. Well, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going I'm to wrap this up just so, you know, we're running uh, short on time here. But I'm going to have you come back and we're going to discuss this. And um, I, I hope that you both can come on and be my, my uh, guest co-host. Um, while we get the ONZ show back on, um, it's you know because I know you, you ladies are busy, but perhaps if you do a co-host, maybe it'll be easier for 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 I don't know maybe oh you know I forgot to mention that Dante, um, the director oh, right. of Raising Zoe, is going to be on our show uh, this Sunday at at 10 in the morning. So um, look for that. Uh, Dante has been following Zoe around with the camera and, and basically <laughs> capturing her life. Yes. So before, you know, shout out to Dante. He's amazing. And he's a really good friend of ours besides doing the documentary. Um, I know that he's still funding for it because he wants it to be so good, you know, and especially now that we need to, get the word out, you know, about our, our kids, our trans kids, with all these hateful bills that are coming out against, uh, you know, the LGBT community and especially our trans youth. Um, this is a wonderful way to get in touch with parents and other people to understand that, that that we can all change and we can all, you know, get informed. So, yes, Dante is still funding for it. Um, it's Raising Zoe. And it, it, it's what I've seen so far because it's top secret to him. Um, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, and it really tells what who we are as as a family. Um, you know, it's it's not a lot of people might were wow. There's this big old thing about us, but no, we're just a regular family. You know. There's nothing different about this. I believe that's why people love you and follow you. Um, I um, I absolutely admire everything that you're both doing, and it's not really just what you're you're doing with each other, but you know, um, I've had the 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 privilege of meeting your daughter Letty, and and uh, and you've been in our home, and so we just uh, you feel like family to us. So you know, it's. it's I'm so happy. I'm so happy to know you both. And, you know, please come back. I, I'm going to have to say goodbye for now. Um, I don't want to, but <laughs> the show's going to end and we have one more guest. Oh, okay. So we'll let it go <laughs> so we can get that guest on. But yes, hopefully soon we can talk. We, we really need to do another show. Okie dokie. Zoe, Bye, I, I send you my best. Ophelia, I send you my best also. And we'll, and we'll be in touch. Yeah. Yes. Love you. We love you. Love you too, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Queer Talk. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. We were just on the phone with uh, Zoe and Ophelia. Please help me welcome our next guest. You heard her song earlier, Sabor a Mi. Magali, La Voz de Oro. Magali, are you there? Hola, how you doing? Yes, hola, Magali. How are you doing? Hola, bien, hola, ¿cómo estamos? Bien, bien, bien. Gracias, gracias. Um, we I was listening. completely entertained with the conversation, so don't even worry. I was having such a great time <laughs> hearing about um, Zoe and her updates. I wish them 
both all my best wishes always, you know, you know, that I, I'm a big, uh, you know, Zoe Luna follower and, and I, I wish her nothing but the best always. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, she's going to have a quinceanera. I, I think that's just beautiful. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that they were, that, that they were, um, they were actually doing a fundraiser for that. We'll definitely have to talk more about that, see how we can support them and help them um, make this happen for sure. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I'm on board. So anything that, you know, you, you get going um, or I get going, we'll let each other know. Uh, you know, I was, re- I was reading a little bit about you in preparation to, for, today's, uh, for today's episode, and I didn't realize that you were born in Los Mochis. Yes, I was. I was born in Sinaloa, Los Mochis, Sinaloa. A lot of people think that I was born here in, in California, but I was actually born in Mexico. Um, so, yeah, I, I just came here when I was about uh, four four years old. So I was raised here. Oh, fantastic. You know, um, we yes. played your, your song earlier. What we also did today is we uploaded um, a bio on our website, which is LGBTHeroAwards.com. We also included a play button, and the song that folks listened to earlier, Sabor a Mi, is available there uh, so they can listen to it. But what we also did, I wanted to make sure we had this going. We included uh, Magali on iTunes. So it's, there's a, a button there. So People want to purchase Perfect. your music. There, there it is. Follow, uh, you know, go to Perfect. her iTunes. Uh, so again, you can find all that information on lgbthereawards.com. And I've also included um, the iTunes link to this episode. Um, and you know, we we uh, we sometimes lose a little bit of of, of sight um, as we do the show, right? Because it's it's not scripted. Uh, so we're, our, our time is going to be a lot less than I first anticipated. So, um, so with, with the time that we do have, can you share with us what you have going on? And I know you're going to be doing pride. You're going to perform at pride this year. Yeah. You know, um, Xavier, uh, you know, a lot of the time that I've been working on the last few, you know, the last couple of months has been really focusing on, uh, revamping the idea of my music, you know, you know, I do sing mariachi music and it's something that um, is very dear to me and that I hope that we can branch out to, you know, I always talk about how mariachi music is universal, you know, so I think that I finally found a great team of people um, that are helping me uh, make this fusion happen. You know, we're, we're, we've been creating a lot of stuff with um, like mariachi country, uh, mariachi rock, um, and we're actually excited because we will be at the Long Beach Pride uh, Festival this year. Um, I know that we will be there on Saturday and Sunday. I don't have the actual times yet, um, but as soon as I have them, we will be posting them on my um, website. Um, but, you know, that is where we're going to be able to actually present to the public the fusions that we've been working so hard on and and everything that I've been talking about this whole time, you know, we're not going to lose the mariachi essence because, you know, as you know, mariachi is in my heart and in my blood. But, mm-hmm. you know, I really hope to, to, to be able to bring something different, you know, and, and I've told you in the past where I've performed, you know, a lot of my live performances. And actually, I, I know that you've probably seen it where, you know, I sing to an audience 
um, that is of a diverse audience, not only of, you know, languages, but of sexuality and everything. And sometimes the language barrier kind of gets to me. So I try my best as an artist to to convey the the feeling through my emotions and through my through my facial expressions, you know. And finally, I think I'll have the opportunity to break some of those barriers um, and and provide some of those connections with the um, uh, English speaking audience that that has been so supportive and so patient in in allowing me to to get to the place where I'm at now to be able to share that music fusion with them finally. I'm looking forward to that. You know, one of the things that my husband Joel and I say um, when we have seen you perform is that not only do you have uh, a vocal talent, but you you also have the gift of knowing how to interpret a song. So it really captivates uh, it captivates the audience, and it's very um, powerful to witness. Uh, you have this sense of pre- this presence that just. Uh, transcends, uh, like you said, gender, uh, sexuality. It's not about any of those things. It's really about the music and and, and the feeling behind the lyrics. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. Uh, You know, I know that we are going to have to wrap up very shortly, but um, uh, you have a single coming out. I do. um, It's it's actually uh, the first uh, song that we will be releasing um, to show a little bit of the fusion that we've been talking about. Um, it's called Death and Taxes, and it's actually a collaboration, a musical collaboration that I did with uh, a friend of mine. His name is um, Jose Riaza. He's he's a Spaniard uh, singer. He, you know, it's kind of funny because he's kind of my, like myself. You know, he's very, uh, you know, musically um entertaining and and he just has this great dynamic that when we met we just kind of together we started writing this song um that day i think it took us a couple honestly it didn't take us that very long to write it and and compose it and just work together as a team and um we will be releasing the video the official video of uh, death and taxes um i believe next week um, on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, they could look for me as Magali La Voz de Oro. And okay. um, also, you know, that that single during that time of Pride, which I, uh, is the weekend of May 21st and 22nd, that's when we will be releasing the single of Death in Texas on iTunes. And um, um, I know that we are working on releasing, people keep asking about my next album, but, you know, uh, we're looking into May um, and June of 2016 to be able to release that to, to the public as well. Uh, thank you, Magali, so much for joining us. I send you my You're best. You're welcome. Um, and thank you, Savior, please, for the time, and, you know, we'll be in touch for sure. Absolutely. You're always welcome here, and enjoy your evening, and we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, Magali. Say hi to your wife for me. I will. Good night. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. For more information on this show, please go to LGBTHeroAwards.com. Thank you. Hmm.